been a while boys how we've been doing how we've been doing life has been good so far i hope stress uh, i'm doing great <laughs> yeah, man. fantastic oh we're all hanging in there right start yeah, yeah, of man. summer you know good things come in so you know yeah, always good oh. the stress is fucked up yeah i know i'm right there with y'all but it's a good week to do this because we're going to start the three-part series into talking about i guess like our lives outside of powerlifting kind of careers that we've chosen and kind of our journey throughout the realm of powerlifting correct kind of like how we've learned to um balance um things outside of powerlifting as well as like life goals as well as um, some of the experiences we've learned along the way with kind of um, prioritizing and how to um, still keep powerlifting um, as a focus, but not so much um, like, you know, it's it's always a shifting. Yeah, it's like a focus in different ways for each of us individually. Right, so, right. Yeah, I'd say so, like what the listener should get from this would be, uh, you know, get to know us a little bit more as well, but to have hopefully there's there's enough of a uh perspective that the three of us can perf- can offer that the whoever the listener may be uh can can take something from this and if they're younger they can maybe uh learn something that we had to figure out ourselves and they could be the one they, they could you know take a, a lesson from us or uh, you know if they are where we are where we were um, or where we're going to be potentially you know if they're older than us it's just a good way for us to to relate to the audience and you know again offer offer that perspective on yeah. how to prioritize our, your overall health and well-being our, our own perspective as to how we've kind of i guess if you follow the three of us you kind of get glimpses into our training and into our life but you know that's that's a highlight reel as far as like what the actual day-to-day week-to-week kind yeah, of and social media is bullshit anyways right to to an extent, I mean, I mean, most of it's know. fake. It's just a it's just a, a a select moment that we want to share. Like, there's not right. really any substance behind yeah, it. We're without any context behind it, sometimes it's just like this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess you're kicking um, us off, Josh. Right? Yeah, I'll, I'll start us off with. Um, should I go with like a powerlifting origin story? I guess so. Uh, when I first started into it to like kind of kind of get started with it, I picked it up at first to um, get stronger, to have a little bit more like self-confidence in myself. Plus, um, I picked it up kind of later in life. I think I was like a junior in my undergrad career. So I was about 22, 23 at the time. And at this time, I think powerlifting definitely wasn't as big as it was right now with how social media has kind of grown it. So it was still considered like a niche, undergroundish kind of weird sport, if you could say. So 
But when I I kind of picked it up, I was like, this is kind of cool. Um, it's kind of cool that there. Well, when I first discovered it, I I had the inclination that it was only for like big dudes, like super heavyweights, and you know. I didn't know that there were like weight classes and stuff behind it and that like anyone could participate. Yeah. So when I started picking it up, I was um, impressed at how like rapidly I could kind of, you know, newbie gains and progress and get better at it. Like the more time that you could put into it, like the more time you put into it, the more you would get out of it. And it's like, this is kind of cool. And, um, from there, I did like my first meet, maybe like a year into like dabbling into powerlifting. So I was already like near the end of my junior year, going into my senior year by the time I competed. Um, so at this point in my life, I guess um, towards the tail end of anyone's undergrad career, you have more free time. You have kind of like a lighter college load. And you're trying to guess like transition into that next portion of your your life, correct? Right. Yeah. So um at this time, I don't think I had like a coach per se. We had um we had Tommy from um Angelo State kind of giving us like um Friend of the show. Think, yeah, friend of the show. Um general programs. They weren't like tailored to us but they were just kind of like old program i don't know where he got these from or if like he used them himself but they're just, where he got them yeah they're just like templates i guess he came up with himself <laughs> to just be like okay um here's something you can run like if if you want to tweak stuff you can make it fit your needs and whatnot so um i didn't really have coaching or like guidance into how to um, do things at the time for powerlifting so what i did kind of um i think abe has touched on this before but you just like google a bunch of different programs on the internet and try to put put stuff together and you know make this conglomerate of a quote-unquote program right so um that's kind of what i did going into like my senior year now keep in mind like i I had maybe had like some structure for like half a year maybe. It it wasn't it wasn't much structure. It was mainly just like go in, um, do like a heavy like set of four or five, and then if we had like a competition leading, we'd like slowly taper volume, you'd slowly taper intensity, you'd peak, and then you'd, you know, kinda that was that was the way of the the land back then I guess that I was um doing things through through Angelo State and mm-hmm. then um let me see I did one more meet with them before I graduated and it was the A&M meet the one that they have at A&M every year and I remember at that time I wouldn't say like I had like a handhold of how to like prep and taper and compete but i was starting to really like the process because i had made quite a bit of progress from that first meet to my second meet so um i was opening with like all my thirds from that first meet so 
um, I guess at that time, I'd kind of caught the the bug of like wanting to keep progressing within it and keep um, being within the sport and to keep competing. So uh, long story short, um, I PR'd my total that meet. Um, I graduate. And soon after I graduated, I came back to uh, the DFW area. And at that time, since I didn't kind of have um, Tommy's coaching or guidance or anyone else's guidance at that time, um, I kind of took that conglomerate of a program, quote unquote program, that I used and just ran it like indefinitely. I think... um, Geez, I don't even remember how long I ran that thing for before I I met a NOS at um, UTA. But uh, I just, I remember that um, at this point in my powerlifting career, I was around 24, 23, 24-ish. So... I didn't really prioritize like um, anything else other than like just making sure like I could do my weird program that I had made up for myself. Like that's what I felt like like I needed to do to like progress at that time. Because that's so, what you've been doing the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it's what I've been doing the whole time. So it was like whatever bits and pieces I could pull from Tommy's thing that. I thought worked for myself plus like all the other programs that I looked up on the internet that was my my own custom program I guess and um I think by the time I came back to DFW and I'd gotten settled I was working like a couple jobs and I was running this this program and I wasn't making too much out of it, but in my head, I was just like, oh, I'm just not working hard enough. Like, I need to do more. Like, I just need to do more stuff and, like, progress will, will you know, um, make its way back to, to my lifts. And, um, oh, man, how long did I run this for? I want to say I did this for, like, half a year. Like working a couple of like odd jobs here and there, um, going to where did I go? It was like a combination of like fitness connection and the Mac because um, I had gotten tired of um, working out with plebes at at fitness connection. <laughs> so yeah. like, I guess some things never change though. Yeah, so at that time, John was still doing his undergrad stuff back at UTA. So I'm like, hey, give me your ID card and I'll go there every once in a while to like train with you or like other people that I find up there. So yeah, I was doing that for like six months. It wasn't, the program wasn't like anything special. It was was mainly a lot of volume because, um, through Tommy's coaching, he gave us quite a bit of volume, lots of like five by fives, lots of accessories, um, lots of back downs that had like, um, what is it, like sixes and sevens. So it was a really, really high volume type of 
type of thing that I was running. I kind of whittled it down to because I, I still kind of liked weightlifting. So I was like trying to pepper in like squat every day and like stuff like that in there to like accommodate for what I thought was kind of cool or what I liked. So I was doing that six months in, not making much progress. And um, I run into Anas up there through through his friend Ter. And um, yeah, he took me under his wing and he kind of cleaned some stuff up. And all of a sudden, like I'd start making progress again. And I kind of uh, it, it was weird at first. It was, it was weird to kind of adapt to have like that coaching feedback because I hadn't had it for almost like a year. So it was weird going from like this lone wolf, I'm going to do everything myself mentality to like a collaborative type of, type of effort. But um, I will say that within like the first couple months of figuring out what worked like, um, it worked better than like beating my head against the wall for like that entire that entire year, like doing stuff by myself. So, um, let me see. What, what year was, was that? That was twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. I I'm I'm thinking around there because I know the first meet that you coached me at was the one that Metro held. Um, the barbarian they still have it over the clash of the barbarians clash of the barbarians yeah, yeah. To, to, to be yeah. fair none That's of us knew like none of us knew what, what what they were doing like we all just like try to guess and uh like hope it works we don't really know what's, what's going on in right yeah <laughs> no it was but, a but, I, yeah. but i remember having like a conversation with you and you're just like what the fuck are you like this is this is too much. You're like, you don't need to be doing this much to like increase. Like, so I remember like you took your time to like, be like, okay, you explained like general progression or you explained like how the RPE scale works or like how fatigue works. And like, I had never heard those terms like coming up, even though like I had been coached before and like, I had gotten my degree and everything. Like I'd never heard like these applicable words to like how to tailor like a program. Like, so that was like my first introduction into, I guess the, the language and the communication as to how to um, do things when you have a coach. So that was, that was leaps and bounds help more helpful than just like, oh, this is hard set on the program. Like, I just need to follow this to a T and not be a bitch and just do all this work and, like, I'll make progress. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, like, none of us really knew what we were doing, but um, I think that aspect of, like, um, learning from others is something that, like, I never really learned until, like, I ran into you because, like, um, I would just run like Tommy's like cookie cutter program. I didn't really like communicate or give him like any feedback. I was just like, oh, okay, he's the coach. He knows what he's doing. If this is what it is and this is what it is. So I think that was kind of like my first like powerlifting 
I guess, like light bulb moment, like that having a coach can um, simplify and make things, I guess, better in terms of training as long as you collaborate and you communicate and you guys kind of, your coach doesn't have to have all the answers, but definitely having a good communication with your coach is something that um, Anas like introduced me to like firsthand uh, way back in, in 2015. So that was pretty neat. Um, let me see. What were some more like notable points as I kind of um, trained under your wing? I mean, as far as like um, school goes, like you finished your undergrad mm-hmm. and did you do kinesiology or exercise science? Then, yep, yep. Then you transitioned um, into, I know you worked like for a couple of years after your undergrad, then you got into PT, uh, Cairo school. I was going to say PT yeah. school. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Yeah, you caught it. You caught it. Yeah, I worked for a couple well, of years. Right, right. So I guess for anyone out there that um, kind of wants to know like the layout from like Kinesi into transitioning that into a career, um, back then, like finding um i would say work that pays decently for what you do in the field of kines it's kind of hard like it still is hard but yeah. back then it was still hard like is it better now i mean i don't think it's any better now is it no it's 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 probably worse but um yeah it's it's not any really? better i i remember at that point like going into my odd jobs i'll, I'll talk about them i was working at a rehab as as a rehab tech at a clinic from like eight to five um i worked as a trainer at the y like in my spare time when i wasn't at the clinic and then um there was a stint when i did um home health care with like people that had like like, behavior yeah like behavior disabilities and like you know just various disabilities and they couldn't care for themselves so my work hours were all over the place for anyone like wondering like what the point of that was but um i i mean it kept me busy and at that time like again going back to that like beating my head against the wall mentality i like i just put all my energy into like work and training like that's literally like all i did right like i didn't have time for anything else so like if i wasn't working I was training and if I wasn't doing either of those like I was probably sleeping. Mm, really. So, yeah. There wasn't any like hangout time, there wasn't like there was maybe like holiday time with like my family, but like other than that it was that for like a couple of years under um Anasa's coaching. But, so yeah. did you kind of that kind of forced you to socialize that in the gym then right because you were right you were either socializing at work or you were socializing at yeah. uh, at, the, at gym. the gym yeah and and i kind of like i had the epiphany moment going back to it like i remember like while i was beating my head against the wall wondering why i wasn't making progress because i remember at this time anas kept messaging me he's like you're gonna let me coach you you're gonna let me do that like you're gonna let me 
it was back then whenever like he wasn't doing too much with this because he's like oh let me let me figure it out for you yeah like, like he kinda, i was like he, nah, he mentioned nah, this nah, before like, using yeah, us I'm as like, guinea pigs uh, yeah, yeah i'm like no nah, no nah, i'm like i'll think about it like, oh, next week and yeah. like i wasn't making progress on my own so it's like you know it can't hurt like i might as well try and like i said like in the f- couple few months that i worked with them leading up into the that clash of the barbarians meet um i pr'd my total i think it's quite a bit i want to say like 50 to 70 pounds it's like all right anas knows his stuff so you know i don't have the answers i don't think uh, i did back then but yeah i, I uh, like in my head i'm like anas <laughs> has the answers so i might as well just like yeah maybe more answers than you did back then but probably not, not yeah just play your programming before josh you had you had you had like the questions and anas just had like one of the answers yeah exactly and i remember exactly this one and and i remember like anas had um taryn calvin and i would talk to them and they'd be like oh yeah you know we're we're doing good we're like we're making progress so i'm like okay if they're making progress and i'm not beat you know like i guess i'll make progress too you know like, yeah, there I wasn't. I worked with Calvin back then. I think worked with hey, Calvin yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear that. the. I can't oh, wait to really? hear the Calvin story. I well, can't he, wait to he, hear the Calvin story. He, with he told me. He, he told me it was working for him. Like he had nothing but good things to say about you. So I'm like in my head, I'm like, oh well, it's hard to bet against this guy. You know, like mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, there has to be something that he's not like telling me. But you know, if things are working <laughs> out, I'm yeah, you know, like there's. There was nothing to complain about, so I oh, just needed people to experiment on. He was testing you, Josh. <laughs> no, no, no. He was, he had all the answers, but he was testing you to make sure right. you were cool enough. Right. So, and like he he was really good at communicating, um, kind mm. of how how things worked and how how to like, oh, you're doing this wrong. You should probably not do that, or this is stupid. Like you shouldn't do that. Like. <laughs> So, Josh, how how long into training? Because you you left you left San Angelo, you came to Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. You were you were training at Metro, and then you met you met the crew. But how long until you started interacting uh, to meet? Like, were there people before? Was it pretty immediate? Um, like, how what was that period before you started being trained by Nas and interacting with everybody? Oh man, to be honest, those that that kind of i want to say six months to a year those are like so you were training most, for a year uh at metro see. well when i no 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 so when i came back from san angelo yeah i want to say before i signed up at metro it had yeah. been about like six months so like in that six month period when i was still just training on my own um like i said like i had like two to three jobs so I really wasn't socializing with anyone at the commercial gym. Um, I really wasn't socializing with like anyone at work or um, my personal training job because I like I just treated those as like work. Mm-hmm. So when like I would train, like like I, I was like a complete like introverted like loner. Like I just toss my headphones on and just train. Like I wouldn't talk to anybody. Like, I wouldn't say anything to anyone. Like, like I said, like, whatever was on the program, it was just like, that needs to be done. So, like, I'm just going to get it done and not, like, talk to anybody. Yeah. 
And I was doing that for like six months until oh, okay. like okay. I ran into yeah. I ran into Tear. Actually I ran into Tear first at the Y because he would go to the Y where I was um personal training at and he started talking to me. He was like, Oh, you powerlift. Oh, you do all this stuff. Oh, I, I know a guy that does that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'll introduce you to him. Like he used to do uh, okay. it too. That's thing. Yeah. He was he was into it back then too. Yeah. So he's like he's like, Can you get into the Mac? I'm like, Yeah, I got my little brother goes there. I think I can get into the he, Oh, come at this time and I'll I'll show you my friend who does what you do. I'm like, Okay, that's kinda weird, but okay. <laughs> I guess that's cool. So yeah. That and then yeah, from there. Um, I want to say it took like a couple of months before like I was on board. Like I had I had to beat my head against the wall a couple of times and not make any progress before I was like, you know what? Maybe I should let someone else figure it out <laughs> instead of feeling like shit twenty four seven. So, so, so yeah. you had. I remember you were at the YMCA, um, and mm-hmm. you had other jobs. But when did you decide to start like applying for? Cairo school and like try to get into that career path okay so let's see i had been let's see when did i start it's been because you graduated when did you graduate 2015 the undergrad yeah i graduated 2015 and then i didn't finish Cairo school until 2022 that was four years. So I was from 2015 to 2018, that three-year stint, I was working with you because 2018 is when I went back to school. So I guess I decided twenty like 2017, I was already kind of like thinking about it because I'd been working all those jobs and I was like, yeah, this isn't panning out like... <laughs> I want to have more time. I want to have more money. I want to have freedom. I'm not getting that with doing all these odd jobs here and there. So I remember I was at the rehab clinic and my two bosses there at the time, they were both chiropractors and um, they were both like, yeah, you're really smart. You, You get the hang of work and you can do the work you're really you're really um quick with learning this stuff it'd be kind of a waste if you didn't go back to school to become a Cairo and whether or not they really believe that I don't I don't know who knows but um yeah around 2017 is when I decided and then 2018 is when I actually decided to go back to school because um I think at that time um I wasn't getting paid what I thought I should be getting paid because I was like, I was asking, I was looking, I was always looking for like more jobs to do, right? As like a rehab tech. So I was looking around, I was asking other people that were techs, like what they were getting paid and how many years they would have been doing it. And I was like kind of comparing and contrasting. I'm like, okay, well, if that's like the theoretical seal, like glass ceiling, like, am I happy with that? Am I going to be good with that? No, not really. <laughs> so, you know, and I, like as I as I worked, I kind of picked their brains, my bosses and like, oh, like, what does it entail? Like, what do I got to do? 
um, how long is it, like, what's the hardest part, and this and that. So I kind of knew before going in um, kind of what the program entailed and how much work it was going to take and what I was looking at, um, like, salary-wise out of the gate. Because I had been asking them, like, oh, yeah, what did you make when you first started? Or what did it look like for y'all? And this and that. So I had been asking the right questions to be like, okay, if I really want to do this, you know, go all in with it, then I kind of knew all the bits and pieces before um, signing up to go to school. But um, in that three-year period before... I would actually say that I've had more productive training in that like two to three year time span with a NAS than like I've had like definitely all throughout um, Cairo school and um, when I when I had a little bit of structure at San Angelo. So yeah like having a coach in your corner to help you kind of circumnavigate and brainstorm definitely helps with getting your your training and all your ducks in line so yeah so and, so okay so for undergrad like once yeah. once you graduate like what do you think like was like the like the ceiling salary you can you can get it's like it well, seems before like, you answer that I wanted to ask too because yeah. I don't, I, I uh, you know well I'm not gonna I'll I'll give my I'll give my uh, contribution to this uh, three part series later on but for you Josh you majored yeah. in ki- kinesiology in your Kinesi- undergrad yeah. right yes sir and then you and then you realize that career opportunities were limited and and salary potential was low lower than you thought. Right. And I know that I know a lot of people still because I was I was when I was in college, I considered it because of, you know, the interest in lifting and the interest in, in sport, uh, the interest in, um, uh, you know, staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it was a mistake for you majoring in uh, kinesiology and for people who are wanting to do that, you know, major in kinesiology because of their interest in powerlifting? What, uh, do you, what do you say to them? No, it's not a mistake. I mean, there's a lot. So. You can use Kinesi as like a stepping stone in all these different career paths, but like Kinesi on its own doesn't really have much, um, I guess you could say utility in the work market. So it's like, oh man, I don't want to like throw any other like um, degrees under the bus. But I mean, it's true. It's like, you're not, yeah, not really. It's it's <laughs> say, degrees, say it's though? like say it's like like a arts degree or like a communication okay. degree. Like Philosophy. it's not like yeah, like on its own, it doesn't really have like it has a big net, but it doesn't really garner you like um it doesn't promise you a job. Yeah, exactly. And you're not you specializing, know, so. you know, like you're not a specialist in anything. So right. Like you can't right. really do any um, like like Special, jobs with like right. with the high like with the high skill demand, so like it Correct. doesn't really like you just have to kind of do like general work, which doesn't so, really pay that much. So I will say that like the way they told me back then was like, and they they didn't lie about it. Was like, oh, it's a good stepping stone 
if you want to get like your master's, if you want to like do research, if you want to go to PT school, if you want to do anything else in the realm of exercise science. And I'm like, oh, dang, that sounds cool as fuck. I want to do that. Right. You know, like you're impressionable 18, 19 year old out of um, high school. Not really sure. And I was like, dang, that sounds kind of cool. Like, yeah, I want to like I want to know more about exercise and the science behind it. Why not? Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know if that's how they market it nowadays. But um, yeah, on its own, like you realize real quick that you kind of need money in the real world to like survive and you know pay for your your bills and do like your train like just for your training like to support your training and kinesis on its own doesn't really offer that utility you know well so for you josh yeah good what well my question is going to be then like your state of mind after your undergraduate and your training and you're working and you're spinning your wheels and you're trying to figure out what your next step is going to be like yeah what what is your like why do you why why was the salary so important to you aside from like was, was it the fact that your living conditions weren't to your standards like did you want them to be higher did you want to like potentially raise a family in the future like what yeah what is it about yeah. your future goals weren't lining up with your with your current careers at that moment and then unless you can you can go because i asked you i know you had a question so so I kind of um, referenced it earlier, but I mean, like you're talking between like those two to three jobs, you're working like above like a 40, maybe like a 50 to 55 hour work week. Right. And at that time, um, I didn't have like a girlfriend and I was still um, living at home because I'd moved back to um, the area. So I didn't really like make a plan to like live on my own or find a place. So I just like went back home with my family pretty much. Right. And so I was like, okay, well I want to make enough to like live on my own. That was like my immediate, like that my goal. Right. And then come the quick that even back then, like rent and groceries and gas and insurance was still hella expensive. So like, yeah, especially when you now, have no money. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. When you have no money and like, um with that i just wanted to be able to like do that and support my training that was it like i i didn't have like any other kind of long-term goals i guess you would say with like my career i I was content with that at that time i was like hell yeah if i can train and like live on my own and like you know if i even if i love to live like a bum like in a one bedroom <laughs> whatever like i don't care yeah. like i get oh. to go to the gym and well because some people do that bros, right? yeah and like but like i was that i was content with that at the time i was like you know like i didn't have like any family goals i didn't have any like girlfriend goals i didn't have any like other i guess social personal goals to like focus on it's like all right i'm done with school time to work time to train time to move out of my parents house that like that was it like that was my my immediate like goal right so then come to find out like as i'm working all these jobs and i'm kind of growing little by little little baby steps within my career and um i guess this brings up the topic of like that theoretical glass ceiling right 
So I'd been um, like uh, rehab teching for like a year or two by now. And um, I wanted more freedom with my time because I'm like, damn, I'm putting in like these 50 to 55 hour work weeks. Like if I can cut some of that down, because, you know, I, at this time, too, I'd been training with the NAS quite a bit. So he'd introduced like the concept of fatigue and, you know, um, recovery management and all this stuff to me. So I'm like, man, if I can cut some of this stuff down and prioritize some of these other things that he's talking about, like I'll get better at, at lifting. So well, screw you money. Know. You don't really care about money. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. 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 yeah, I'm just chasing the vibe. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but hearing so this, what, like, what hearing you talk yeah, hearing you talk about this, you're like, this guy like will never be like a chiropractor. He's just like, he just wants He's to never live gonna own and a chill house. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, like to to be honest, like my goals still kind of are like that. I just have to prioritize like you know other stuff. Like you know, just have a house and a girlfriend, dog, and you know, I gotta I I prioritize those first. But like my my main Simon like, mindset, yeah, is still like, bro, I just want to like like lift and that's like that's it like <laughs> some people like just, yeah yeah some people want to like smoke weed and chill out you're like i just want to lift and chill i just want to live <laughs> yeah i just want to lift and chill that's it like that's it like i'm still just like if if anything like i'm still content with just like that like yeah of course i want more now that like i've had more opportunities present themselves but like if if all else like I I just I'm content with all this, you know. Like I've, for now, I've for now, yeah, for now. So, like I, right. I've made that person, like that that teenage kid, like happy, cool, like. <laughs> so still, still keeping up with like um, the priorities I set for myself back then was like, if I'm gonna lift, like I'm gonna take it like serious enough to where I don't like quit on it. Like, that that's what I told myself way back when. do you think this uh like with lifting like you know like how people kind of chase progress like in lifting but do you think Mm -hmm. that that carried over to your career like did you like once you saw your um like ceiling and like with the kines undergrad you're like okay well maybe like i want to make progress in my like in my professional career Uh, like do you think like the the lifting aspect of wanting to make progress like influenced you wanting to get into Cairo school or was it just you not liking how much you were making oh no that definitely influenced me too because like my thing was like um my bosses I mean at the time they seemed like they cared but they were putting in time into like my my idea is like if like someone puts in time to like develop you or like try to help your craft or try to elevate you like it's not necessarily that like you owe them but like it's like man someone's putting in time into helping you like you should try to like help yourself and like go further or like do more or like that's that's like how i kind of look at stuff like that so the fact that they were like giving me so much like insider info and that they were like supportive of me wanting to do more i was like it feels kind of selfish to not do anything with all that you know just to like take all that and be like okay well 
I don't want to do this. So, yeah, I kind of not I didn't feel like obligated, but I felt like I had enough of like the puzzle pieces to be like, okay, I can put this together for myself if I took that step. And then like it it coral it it aligned with like wanting to work like less if I just put in the time and like oh I get a little bit of a money boost hey that's cool like I'll make more awesome you know like there were there were more positives than negatives when I was like trying to to weigh it out going and, into it and the reason why you got into Kyra school instead of like any other um like PT or anything else is like was it because of the like the people you're around like were you working mm-hmm. at a like a chiro clinic or yep. was it yeah that's that's why yeah that's why i was working under two chiros and a dio and i had um the the chiros were more of my bosses and the dio was like just the the main head figure like in charge but i had more interaction with them and those interactions were all positive and you know they were really um supportive of me wanting to do more because you know i was i was asking them about like oh what what do you think the growth within this field is gonna look like and this and that and they kind of had like a nasa's style of like not mincing words and they're like oh well you know you're pretty close like you're (laughs) you're not gonna make x amount of money or you're not gonna like you know they're like everything you're doing right now like this is this is it like there's not much else to learn besides this unless you go back to school and you um specialize like anas was saying like you you specialize in something and and like as i watched them do their work and kind of treat patients i'm like okay well i I can do this like i can do that like it's it's not like rocket science or anything to me at at that point so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. It wasn't too hard of like a, a stone or like a door to open, you know, when I decided to, to go back. Yeah, so that was 2018 when you got back in. You just finished mm-hmm. last year. Yep. Um, so Four now, years, yeah. yeah. You've been yeah. working in the field for about, what, like six months? Yeah, six months now, yeah. So like, what do you... What's the future plans going forward? Like, are you trying to make more progress in your career? Are you trying to, um, like, is there any, um, like, specific goals you have? Or is it just kind of... What role lifting play? Yeah. Lifting? What role does <laughs> lifting? No, uh, yeah. What role, like, no, an honest question, yeah. And, like, and your his, future and goals and what... It, no, and, and, I'm a, and I'm asking career. on top of that, what role does powerlifting yeah. play in all that as well? In, in okay. the future. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can answer that. So, like, um, career-wise, since I'm still pretty fresh and, like, um, I'm still learning, like, especially at the clinic I'm at right now, all I'm trying to do right now is, like, um, kind of like what I did as a rehab tech in those first couple of years. I'm trying to soak up as much as I can learn from the chiropractic side, the business aspect, the um, like patient care aspect. And that's like my main focus. Like I'm not trying to like open a clinic, open a gym, like branch out and like have my own business. Like that's, that's down the line. But to do all those things, 
you kind of need like a handhold on like, you know, business 101, right? Like, you know, especially in chiropractic world, um, one thing that like the being a rehab tech didn't really show you was like all the stuff behind the curtains that goes into running a business to like, you know, turn a profit, what your services should look like, how much should you charge, what's fair, this like what kind of things you should you know what what do you want to do for your patients i'm still learning um all that because they don't really cover that in school you know in school they kind of just teach you like okay this is how you adjust this is how you kind of look at exercise this is you know muscles nerves anatomy physiology but they don't teach you kind of the practical application and especially the practical stuff behind the curtains that people don't really see right so um being six months in that's been like my my main focus is learning some of that uh stuff behind the curtains that way if i do decide to you know go and venture off and do my own stuff i at least have an idea of how how to go about it and then what role does lifting play in all of this i mean to be honest it it hasn't really changed much like mindset wise from like before i met anas and and when i started doing his coaching it's always been to just improve like i'm content with just you know doing what i'm doing putting the time in i mean I'm a little bit smarter with how I program for myself now than I was back then because I have more tools in the toolbox um, from his coaching and just from like um, going through school and learning like, you know, basic programming 101 and um, kind of how to rehab stuff that you, you couldn't run across. So, I mean, lifting the role that it plays right now within the the role of growing my career is if i can make progress i'll make progress like i'll i'll i mean i'll try to apply all that i know to make progress but at the same time i'm not like bummed if progress doesn't happen if that's what you're asking yeah like so, like mm-hmm. oh yeah continue I was going to say, like, I guess you could say, like, my mindset from back then where it's like I have to bang my head against the wall to force progress has shifted to more of like a more relaxed approach. So it's like I'll I'll kind of look for trends within my program that kind of show that I'm making progress. And if I can just keep following those and I make PRs, cool. If not, back to the drawing board to figure it out. You know, it's not it's not the end of the world if I'm not like a world class elite lifter by like twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. Like I'm just gonna keep taking progress as I can and just accept that that's that's the rate my body can go. So, are, are you trying to do the same thing with your career? Like, are you? trying to make progress there and like what's the do you have like a specific plan or 
um, like an approach to your, like, how do you want to progress your, uh, like you said, like, I know, like you're trying to learn more about the business stuff, but Mm -hmm. like, as far as like, like, I know, like in every, uh, like in every industry and every career, there's like a, like a gold standard. So like, what would be like, Mm -hmm. what would be like the gold standard of uh, like a Cairo? Uh, And like, what are you trying to like get there, make progress towards that? Or are you just going to be like, or do you want to just want to kind of learn the business aspect and kind of have your own practice? Um, th- mm. th- that's kind of like what I want yeah. to know. Uh, I don't have like a set in stone plan with like bullet point goals. I have like a tentative plan that I just kind of want to follow. Cause I don't know. I feel like if I give myself hard deadlines to follow, like it stresses me out. <laughs> Not necessarily so, like a timeline, yeah. just kind of yeah. seeing like a like a goal or having some metrics like a, to track, like something to kind of see like if you're making progress in your in your career. Um, oh, I know, yeah, like, yeah, I know like, it's it's a little bit. I mean, with what Powerful thing is like, it's pretty clear. Like it's yeah, um, like a straightforward like where with um, like a career path, like it might be a little bit different, but mm-hmm. you do kind of um, figure out when you want like once you start seeing yourself making progress and kind of being able to uh solve problems for your um like for your patients mm-hmm. you'll be able to know it's like okay I'm, I'm getting better at this like now i'm figuring things out faster is there any um i don't know it's, it's kind of hard for me to kind of relate yeah. because I, could, but I just yeah. see like there is yeah. like someone who's like a gold standard in that career like do you kind of have someone you kind of look up like, to and you kind of want to be like um Oh man, not in the world of chiropractic. I mean, there's, if anything, I just, I just kind of want to make those two chiropractors that put time into me like proud. Like, mm-hmm. I like, I don't really have like a mentor or like someone that I really, really look up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, metric wise, like as like a objective standard as to how I'm making progress within my career i mean um i right now i just um what is it i kind of use caseloads so like caseloads is just like the amount of like work that you have to do within like a day or a week Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of like a like a case study you know these, these are your patients and it's like um right now we're we're um, right now we have to like, or at least the clinic I, I work at, you have to get them done within like the month. So that's kind of like the metric I'm using. Like, can I finish all my case casework before like the month? So yeah, I guess that's the metric I'm, I'm using right now for myself. I don't really track like how many adjustments I perform or how much like, how many exercises I give people and like patient outcomes or anything like that. Like that stuff is, to be honest, that stuff is kind of a headache and like, I still kind of treat it as like a, you know, as a job, like I go in, I do my work. And then as soon as I clock out, like I turn that part of my brain off and I go and train. Mm -hmm. But, but I know like in, in within uh, like, within that field there is like a lot of like different strategies um mm-hmm. like that are used like you have some who just uh, bias more adjustments some like bias more kind of like exercises mm-hmm. 
So like, which path are you taking? Do you feel that are, do you feel like there is a benefit to like each strategy? Like which one do you feel like that's um, um, like in modern day, what's the, um, like what's the gold standard now where like before, like back in 2015, you know, like if we're talking about powerlifting, like you had like the, like that DUP or like the program, like the new programming stuff. Oh. Is there anything like in the Cairo field where like in the past it was like this way now, like there is um, like innovations that are happening and you kind of yeah. see yourself kind of going like through going that, that way. Yeah. Uh, as far as like models and theories, uh-huh. not really because like, uh, like not to like bash on like chiropractors but like a lot of it is like so much of it is like adjustment based and mm-hmm. like in the realm of like powerlifting like does that have merit yeah but i mean there's so many better tools to use to like better powerlifters than like an adjustment like adjustments are cool like yeah they make noise and they look cool <laughs> on instagram but like as but far as Instagram actu- videos are insane, oh my yeah, god, they get so but, many views too. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like actual, like, like scientific merit. Like, uh-huh. I, I don't like. So, yeah, I didn't so realize what, there were so many girls with big, big tits who need their backs. Yeah, like, <laughs> is that how it is for you? There's, there's a big market. There's a big market for that. I think oh that's yeah, all Josh god. does in his work. Yeah, eight hours yeah, yeah, of just yeah, yeah. doing that. Just that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just popping titties. <laughs> Uh, that's why you chose uh, a career that makes sense that's why okay yeah, it make, no, the it money sense. oh yeah the career money. fulfilling fulfilling <laughs> uh, man i wish that's how it was but man, is the gold standard of chiropractic popping like yeah, the biggest it's, it's, you can it's find like bigger, Lulu, bigger it's a lululemon and you know Lululemon. finding, yeah. uh, finding yeah. models to to do your your uh what p to a adjustment and make loud noises and then you get the reactions. I've, like. I've, I've seen so many crazy videos, uh, but so, <laughs> okay. So that's so. What what did you learn in school, and like what models did they teach you, and which one do you think that's like that's like the most uh, like applicable to what you're doing? Oh man! And also Actually, like one last one one last addition is okay. like who is like the demographic you want to work with? Like, do you want to work with more athletes, or do you just gonna want to work with Gen Pop? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a good one. This is a good one. So actually this, so I had this idea that like, um, when I got to chiropractic school, I would learn like cutting edge theories and like Mm -hmm. the newest of the new for like how to like the physical for like physical education sphere for athletic demographics Mm -hmm. and like all this stuff that would like be like, Oh yeah, only I know this stuff. Right. It's actually like the opposite. Like you get there and they gave us they gave us one biomechanics class and two mm-hmm. PT classes. And like the the things that they taught us in those classes were like so outdated. <laughs> Dude, like like yeah. the the peak of the of exercise programming in those PT classes, our teacher deadass brought up Prolipin's chart. And nice. I'm like what the oh, f- yeah. like what the hey. fuck? what am i looking at here i'm like what no 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 and then explain what prolipin is for people and, who are uh under the age of 25 so <laughs> it, 
it's like this chart with like um percent it correlates percentages and rep ranges right yeah and um it's like oh if you want to make progress in like the hypertrophy zone you need to be in this percentage. 10 to 12 reps yeah yeah and you need to do like yeah well, this percentage. Percent of your, yeah. yeah yeah and then and then that was um, our ai that's, yeah. <laughs> that static chart that but, never changed yeah. those that are chart yeah. fixed everyone like that yeah. <laughs> back in my day that was a secret and, to progress back in 75 percent and then like um get this like the the pt the not the pt the dc the chiropractor that we had in charge of that pt class like he kind of lifted a little so he tried to like interject his own like knowledge, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm a I'm a flex on him a bit, bro. He gave the most broken like explanation of like RPE and like conjugate, and he tried to like mesh the two together. And I'm like, as like coming from a powerlifting standpoint, I'm like, I get where he's coming from, but like giving it to like chiropractic students who don't have a an inkling of what you're talking about like you're like you're fucking it all up like what the hell is this so you you don't have like any professors who like have like developed their own model and like they were teaching you things if like they've been working on for like 10 years it was more of like a general education yeah Yeah. like i like the same things i learned in kines now this isn't to like bash on like parker's whatever but like yeah i mean, I mean it was a general isn't that yeah. like a general um like approach to like education within within that within that field yeah i mean just, i don't know how it is yeah. like outside no it is like they just want to teach you like what you know the general idea like hey you can apply this to whoever you know like mm-hmm. they don't try to cast their net too too far as far as like application and you know knowledge of that na- like um specific knowledge of how to fix specific excuse me populations so mm-hmm. i thought i was gonna get that but you know, didn't the, so, the course so what you, the coursework didn't offer that so yeah so what are you trying to do now do you feel like there's like a gap you're trying to fill uh like, i don't think there's a gap per se i just or do I you don't... feel fulfilled uh not that either i just feel like there's <laughs> more to learn like I just feel like that, especially within like the athlete popular, like just general athletic population, like there's more to learn that chiropractic hasn't caught up on. Mm -hmm. So like if I could just learn that stuff and then maybe try to mesh the two, but anything specific you're trying to learn? No, not really. Just whatever, (laughs) whatever's out there. Anything like, I would like to know more about like um, rehab and how it relates to performance, but that's not like that's general. Yeah, that's general again. Yeah, like that's not like specific to to I, like. I was I don't know. I feel like in my you know this is a, this is Josh's episode, but in my opinion, it's okay to not necessarily have like an immediate next step or like a, a goal in mind necessarily. Like and especially being so new to mm-hmm. the career just kind of take each day as you as you kind of figure that out and like i don't know if josh is in this currently but i, th- I know a lot of people who who you know they they start something new and it's so big or there's so much they don't know yet 
that it's like you know they're kind of contempt where they are currently and they're just again like figuring it out each day and their goal really is to just you know take each day and make it the best it can be yeah that's that's i know that's that's correct like there's there's so much within like chiropractic that's still left to be like unturned and learn that mm-hmm. like right now like six months in i'm not trying to like take all of it in you know like i'm yeah. just trying to like learn little bits and pieces here and there like whatever i can gather like from the week or from the month like cool i learned something yeah. new and like um i mean as far as like concept wise yeah like i'm always trying to learn more but like anything specifically not really that i'm trying like I'm just trying to learn like the ins and outs of how chiropractic work. I don't have anything like specific on the table that like I want to learn for myself. Yeah. yeah. I was just kind of curious about like the, like what's like, what's new within that field and like what, uh, like what strategies that are used and like, if you're kind of interested in some of them, cause like you said, like in school, like you were like, they only taught you like general concepts and didn't seem like you were yeah. um, like got any, any practical knowledge i mean i'm sure like they've taught you enough and like probably like you probably got more out of like your job um working under kairos like before you got into this before you got into school mm-hmm. um like you probably got more practical uh experience there and like from school you're probably like well i didn't really um, i got more out of like just yeah just, just working just, yeah, yeah. Learning <laughs> through work than this um yeah but so i guess like if you can walk me through like a day in the life, like you go into the clinic, oh, okay. you get like you get some patients, uh, like any, like do you have any examples on like how you treat them? Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess day in the life wise, like for a new patient, um, as far as what I do is like, you know, I'll go through their history they usually fill out like paperwork as to like where they're hurting, what their issues are. Um, I'll go into like an exam room with them. Um, they'll kind of give me like a synopsis of, of what they were doing, how they kind of hurt themselves, how long it's been going on, any kind of um, ROM that's restricted. And then I'll kind of go through like my own um, global ROM testing and I'll mm-hmm. do like a few orthopedic tests to kind of rule in or out whether like it's a muscular thing, it's a nerve thing, if it's a structural thing. And then from there, I mean, I'm kind of already looking through like diagnoses in my head as I'm kind of ruling these things um, in or out. And then from there, um, I'm kind of trying to structure like a treatment plan as to how to fix these certain diagnoses. So that's kind of like my uh, day in the life of like a new patient coming in. And then after that, um, whether or not they want to like start like adjustments or if they want to start passive therapy or if they want to start um, active therapy, it's like I leave it up to them because I, I want to kind of build that patient repertoire with them. Like that way they can trust me that way whenever I have something specific that I want them to kind of do for their own treatment. You know, they kind of have that um, trust in me and that they, you know, 
they think it's going to be worth their merit. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there, there is a process that you're going through. Like, there's yeah. like an assessment process. And, like, based on that, you, um, like, you figure out which strategy you want to use. So, I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, so, like, w- with, with the treatment, do you adjust or do you kind of just give them prescription, um, like, exercises? Like, what's, what, what's like a rehab uh, like oh, protocol I, you would prescribe? I use, I use both. So, uh, at first, I'll kind of um, use, like, adjustments and, like, passive stuff kind of like get rid of their pain and get them like kind of comfortable because like the main thing patients want like when especially if they come into a chiropractic clinic is like like reduce the pain or like get rid of the pain so it's like Mm -hmm. if you can kind of do that at first using passive and adjustment therapy Mm -hmm. and usually that's like i mean it, it depends on how long they've had it for obviously more acute stuff will be gone quicker and more chronic pain might take some brainstorming or more time to figure out but as soon as like you kind of get them out of that ow this hurts and you can kind of pattern like exercises to kind of you know release muscle tension or bring attention to this area so it's not affecting this structure and this and that that's kind of how i like to do it so that's my general approach to to treating it's like i try to kind of get their trust at first with getting rid of whatever pain or discomfort that they have while um letting them know that like okay we're gonna get rid of this stuff and get you moving again that way you don't have to rely on me for forever so that's how i do yeah no okay um yeah, like now that I'm kind of hearing like what the day looks like, like it mm-hmm. makes it makes more sense that you mm-hmm. you do have a process and because like that's in every like in every field like there is like you're presented with a problem and you have like a um, like a troubleshooting process and like a problem solving um, mm-hmm. uh, what is it called um, yeah like a problem solving process you process, have yeah. yeah so yeah it makes sense. Um, and like I guess like yeah, like you said, like with time, it'll probably you you'll start refining this process, kind of seeing what right. works, what doesn't. Right. Like those are the things you if you're kind of if you're getting patience and like you do one thing and doesn't work, and you kind of keep note of that. Which is mm-hmm. if you if you're working with high volume, uh, and you're actually trying to help and like you're assessing, um, you'll probably get more out of the experience more than anything else. Like just from working. Um, right but yeah i mean if anything that's, else like comes up like that's like, like the 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 reason why i was asking these questions about like new models like what's what's new is because like i see that in like in the powerlifting scheme like in the on the powerlifting scene where like new things are popping up there's like the uh, there's a gold standard now there's like the outdated stuff um, mm-hmm. like and i see a direction where it's going i was just kind of curious if uh if it's something you've seen but it was probably too early uh yeah I mean, yeah. I, I'll say that like what I'm doing, that's like nothing like that's a very general model that most chiropractors will do. I won't say all of them do that, but like because there's so many different ways to run a practice. But like just speaking like 
gen pop and general clinic practice like that's how it's done like across the board whether it's not the gold standard i don't know but mm-hmm. i mean so far like by doing that it's helped to refine kind of my my um troubleshooting process i guess you'll say so that's kind of like what i've been working on on top of learning what goes on behind the scenes and like making that quicker as far and learning more about what goes on behind the business side of things okay. yeah and the last question would be like are you trying to work with like powerlifters then do you feel like you have um like do you feel like you have like a good understanding because like it's it's something you've done for a while um do you feel like you'll be able to um, like help that demographic more than any other um like pt or cairo in that field yeah oh to be honest Probably not. (laughs) I don't want to work with powerlifters. To be honest, like, I really don't want to do anything, like, in the field of, like, athletics anymore. Like, I thought I wanted to while I was in school. But, like, that, like, so, like, that process that I outlined for you, like, to, to do athletics, you have to have that process refined, like, times a thousand. Because, mm-hmm. like, athletes, well, at least, like, the ones that kind of stay within their respective sport, they mm-hmm. kind of have um, more of an understanding of, like, their body and, like, these terms that you know. And, like, you know, so they they have this language that sometimes doesn't correlate with what you want them to do. So, like, the process of getting them to get to where you want can sometimes be... And it's, a headache. Yeah. It's probably like more complex problems too. Much um, like more rather, complex problems. Yeah. yeah. But that so. that doesn't interest you. Like that isn't just gonna get you excited. Gonna try to solve more complex problems. Like within. No, like not within really. This, not, not right now. Right now. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanna. I'm. I'm like. I still want to reserve some mental headroom for like my training. So mm-hmm. like. Does it does it does it interest me? It does, but like I understand at this point in my career, like I don't have that kind of pattern or headspace to be able to yeah. process that kind of information to be able to help someone. So, like, you know, like, uh, do I want to? Yeah, maybe in the future when I have the experience. Yeah. But like, I still want to have the m- mental headspace to like train as well. So, yeah, you know. Because like yeah. it's it, sometimes like it's more fulfilling whenever you're working with like more complex cases, um, and like you solve these problems, like you kind of feel more like, yeah accomplished. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know yeah, what you yeah. mean. Yeah, they come they come up here and there like in Gen Pop, so it's not like I don't get to use that knowledge base. It's just like, especially like right now, like six months in. I can say without a doubt when those like cases come up, dude, I stress out more than I know I should. Like, but it's I'm good like, stress. I mean, it's yeah, not really... yeah. I'm like, I'm like double checking my boxes. I'm like, okay, is this right? Is this yeah. right? Is this like, yeah, yeah. It it just takes a lot out of me. So it's like I can't imagine doing that like five days a week at this yeah. point. You know, so maybe later. I don't know. I can't. Yeah. My brain don't yeah. work like that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I had. I don't know if Abe has anything else to yeah. uh, talk about. We can we can close it out. 
Yeah. No, yeah, I don't have any specific questions. I was just was curious if anybody from the Instagram post that we had asked any questions. Oh, for me specifically? Nope. They're all for for you and for Anas. Because most of these were just general questions, but there were a few that were free also. Yeah, I think I covered, yep, covered everything that, yep, got got asked. So, yeah. Cool. Close us up. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in if you've listened this far. Um, I think this is the longest I've ever talked on the podcast. So, um, if you... <laughs> I was going to say, if you ever see me in real life, don't be afraid to say hi. But I, I train at home and I'm at work <laughs> all the time. So unless I'm like at a meet, like commentating you, you won't or, see him. Yeah. or <laughs> judging, like you'll, you won't see me. But yeah, uh, come say hi if you ever see me and uh, listen to us every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's been a while since we've posted um, an episode but it's for good reason we've all been busy um if you caught abe and i's commentary at the master's cup um good on you like we we got a lot of good feedback from that also we might have dun, 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 more commentary stuff in the work so stay tuned um if you want to hear more of that and yeah big things coming up for chalk my back also Anas got his his uh you know his meet coming up soon, so you best believe we're gonna do a meet recap on that whenever he's done competing. So if you wanna hear it, tune in to our podcast every Tuesday. Anas is next, right? Yeah, Anas will be next on our three part series, so please tune in whenever we drop that episode.